Welcome to the Save Room, your safe haven for gaming news and discussion. My name is Kevin. And my name is Daniel. And this is episode 112, the sequel to 111. <laughs> I like that you always <laughs> feel like obligated to have yeah. a thing to say. What do you mean? You can just throw numbers at people. You think, what, what do you think the count did on Sesame Street? What did the count do? Yeah, he was just throwing numbers at people. Nobody cared. People <laughs> accepted it. <laughs> he, he was also killing people in the background. Yeah. Right. Yeah, there was that. The count drinks blood and he counts. He does two things. Mm-hmm. That's his defining role. Here's the thing. Detective Grover was never able to prove those crimes. <laughs> so he's still out there walking free. I want a hard-boiled, true detective-style mm-hmm. Detective Grover series coming to HBO Max <laughs> this Star- fall. <laughs> starring Grover and Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> yeah. HBO Max feels like this wonderland, by the way, mm-hmm. of just like, can you just think of a fucking thing? And we'll put it out there, right? Like, they just do shit. Mm-hmm. Fucking, we, we got like a Mortal Kombat movie on, up on that shit. Mm-hmm. They're doing a new Batman animated series yes. with Bruce Tim coming back. That's like awesome. a brand new one, complete, like a reimagining, but it's Bruce Tim still from mm-hmm. the animated series. Like, what? I loved his style back in the day. Yeah, like, what? I, oh, and they're doing a Batgirl film hmm. uh, from the directors of Bad Boys for Life, which we still need to see, Daniel. Do we? We do, absolutely. I, I didn't hear many good things about that. What? Really? <laughs> yeah. Is it three or four? It's the third one. See, what throws me off is the Bad Boys 4 life. Oh, Seems like true, a missed true, opportunity, true. Yeah, right? right? Like, completely. Well, anyway, there you go. Just imagine well, it. It'll they also have, like, uh, the Harley Quinn show. There's that Love new... That. that new, like, what is that? Oh, what the, what's that character from Superman? Uh, Crypto the Dog, who The Rock is going to play, by the way. Oh, yeah, that is also a thing that's happening. You see what happens when I put together the episodes, I have to scroll through sites like IGN, and they don't filter, like, stupid comic book news versus, like, video game stuff. Well, I guess I could press the button. It's my fault. But, (laughs) and so I learned all this bullshit of, like, casting news randomly. Actually, no, sorry, I'm dumb. It wasn't... What? uh, It wasn't Superman. It was MODOK, the MODOK show. Oh, I watched the first episode of that. Mm Mm-hmm. It's not great. Who voices MODOK? Uh, the Ratatouille. Patrick, uh... The, the, the Joker man. The Joker man. The Pat- man who makes jokes. Patton Oswalt. There we go. Yeah, it sounded like him, and I was like, okay, that's gotta be Patton Oswalt. And he's good in the role, it's just that the show's not funny. I did not laugh, and I was like, alright, I'm gonna watch one episode, and I'm done. Anyway. Fair enough. Thank you for having me here, Daniel. How are you? Uh, I'm, I'm very well. I'm very well. How are you today? Uh, I'm fine, yeah. Dude, I, I'm stoked. We're about, like, six days away from our second COVID vaccine. Oh, about, about to be back in the That's world, right. watching movies, going to We're shows, get powerful, going to fucking brunch, chasing skirts. Well, you know, if that's what you want to do. But yeah, I'm, I'm pretty yep. stoked for that. Pretty stoked for some normalcy to return to my life. Hopefully it uh, creates an uptick in my mental health, but probably not. I'll probably still be landlocked to my bed and playing video games every day. I'm just saying, yeah. I got, I bought a new bed. Yeah, so that that was one thing. I was going to congratulate you on two things on this episode. Oh. The first thing was congrats on your Resident Evil Village Platinum. Oh, yes, indeed. And I did two. it. Capcom called and congratulated me, too. Yeah? I said, thanks, Kevin. Who? Who, who was who? it? Was it Mikami? I don't keep was track it Fabiano? Of... No, I, don't, I have no idea. Mm. Yeah, it was Pete Fabiano. <laughs> he was like, what do you think the next game should be? And I'm like, I don't know, dude. Maybe just end it here. And he's like, what? I was like, yeah, just, just end, end it, it here. Fuck the, the remake for four. Fuck any other plans. It's done. It would be legendary. And then, like, don't even respond to fans (laughs) why you did it. Don't say anything. Act like there never was a Resident Evil. 
the same way you do to Dino Crisis, you sons of bitches. Oh my god. You sons of bitches. Fucking Dino Crisis erasure. Yeah. Uh, but the second thing, yeah, congrats Ooh. on getting your, your Serta mattress. I got a Serta mattress, memory phone. I, have, I had a great night of sleep, man. I tried watching that Army of the Dead movie. Mm-hmm. It's really stupid. Really. Like, Zack Schneider should be stopped. Now he, now he basically has embodied Michael Bay. We don't need two Michael Bays. The one's enough. Too many Bays. The one's enough. But, uh, yeah. And then I fell asleep. So welcome to that new life of having a good mattress where you lay down on it and fall asleep within 20 minutes. That's why I can never finish an episode of anything when I try and watch it at night. Mattress too comfy. That's why I watched the first episode of The Boys like 20 times before I got through (laughs) the next. Can you recite it now? (laughs) Uh, What what was her name? Uh, the, The girlfriend that dies? I forget. Uh, I don't know, actually. But I, I, I saw the scene of A-Train running through her and splattering guts on Huey, yeah. like, at least 20 times. God. Yeah. What, what a series. Um, unfortunately, roommates, we are not uh, sponsored by Serta on this episode, despite Kevin's glowing endorsement. You know, I've been getting ads for... Well, first of all, I've been getting nothing but mattress ads, mm-hmm. like, for YouTube, on articles, on Twitter. Uh, Puffy. What is Puffy? Like, Puffy is, like, a mattress maker. Puffy.com. And they got all these, like... Um, basically, how did you, how do you describe it? Like amateur testimonials hmm. of like, people are obviously filming on their fucking like MacBooks and such and send, hmm. or like their phones and sending in like these testimonials to puffy.com. And like, you know, they'll, they'll be like, oh my God, it's like sleeping on a pillow. I mean, I, oh, wait, 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 not on a pillow. <laughs> it's, it's like sleeping on a cloud. Sleeping on a cloud on a pillow. <laughs> and then one, one of the, one of the people giving testimonial got all bashful and was like, not that I know what sleeping on a cloud's like, but. It'd be like this. <laughs> and I got to tell wow. you, I wanted to not wake up. When I see these things, I just want to die. Mm-hmm. That's what you make me feel, Puffy.com. You make me want to die with your advertising. Wow. Instantaneously. That took a turn. But in my sleep on a non-Puffy mattress. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least you have a mattress now that you'll have for 20 <laughs> more years that you, you yeah. might die on. There's, there's got to be comfort in that, right? Um, No, I, I, I have to see two more mattresses in my life because mm. I'm going to fuck this one up. I'm going to fuck this one oh my God. up. <laughs> what else is going on really not too much else man yeah. we're just fucking playing we're returnal just, a bunch right uh yeah playing returnal oh, a bunch yeah 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 we couldn't be pulled away from it uh before we started recording this episode because I'm, I'm 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 that poise that <laughs> that post platinum kind of glow mm-hmm. i don't know what to start i feel non-committal yeah it's, right? it's it's weird when we kind of go through the peaks of like four new releases back to back and then after the dust settles we're like what do we play now and it's right. like oh yeah i guess i'll go back and clean up on this plot or this plot and yeah where do we go from here yeah for me it's like i'm gonna do the returnal grind i'm finding it a bit grindy right now especially with some of the rng of like the the items that i need to get full completion on the levels okay let me make a note here so the returnal grind is grindy Got- okay yeah, yes makes sense yes good well, some grinds are fun. Some grinds are like, oh, I'm having a great time. It's a grind. fun I'm grind. I'm learning a lot. Tell me a fun yeah. grind. Yeah, but at this point, it's like... No, I've... no, no. Tell me a fun grind. What's a fun uh, grind? Anything that happened in Tony Hawk games. Fuck! You got fun me there. Grinds. You yeah, got man. me there. You got me there. Okay. Listen, you try and That's a good answer. Try and trick a trickster. You can't get me. Okay? <laughs> but, I mean, I've, I'm close to getting to the point where I'm at least getting the third act final true ending, which requires you to hit every biome in completion to find these sun face fragments to build a sun face fragment 
thing that exists in Celine's house that therein lets you get keys to a car that helps you unlock the true ending. And it's just like the RNG of finding those fragments is just so randomized every time you hit the biomes. If I didn't know what you were talking about, I'd be like, what the fuck? Yeah. So like you do the thing where you beat the game normally, you hit the end of act two. And then after you spill into it, it's like you start over at the beginning of the game again. It's like, okay, here's act three. But like to get the true ending by beating act three, you have to do these steps. It's so really convoluted. Let me get this. So you need to find tchotchkes. Yeah, pieces of tchotchkes. In order to get car keys. Yeah. In order to get the ending. Yeah, the real ending. All right. Yeah. <laughs> All right, video games. Yeah, I see what you're up to. It's it's something, yeah. but like I'm still having fun with it. I feel like I've hit peak mastery with the game at this point where I'm like, I'm flying through biomes left and right. I feel like you're more mad at the game than you are like having well, a great time. I'm mad at the RNG because it's like a lot of the trophies I have left are completionist trophies yeah. where it's like, I have to find every glyph. I have to find every audio log. I have to find every this or that. And it's like, if it's randomized, I can never rely on them being mm. in certain places. True, 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 so, true. You know, true. That, that's kind of that. I don't know if it's like that in other... Roguelikes in terms of like their completionist list, I imagine, but we'll see. It depends on the game. I don't know. Um, this one seems kind of unique with that idea of having the RNG your way to a actual story ending. Mm-hmm. Most roguelikes, I don't. Do they end? I don't think they end. Um, that's a great question. This do, is the only roguelike I've ever beaten in my life. Google so. do roguelikes <laughs> end, or am I bad? <laughs> I'm pretty excited. Kind of side path here, speaking of roguelikes, um, there was a listing for Hades that went up on PS4 and a, a different <gasps> market. I forget what it was, if it was like Korea or China. We're moving there. So We're, we're going there, the, if that's the, the case. The thought that it's like on Sony's market somewhere means that inevitably yeah. it's going to come here. Yeah, that's super exciting. Okay, cool. that's going to be the second <laughs> renaissance for fucking Hades for me, dude, because mm. I have a tough time playing things on the Switch. I'm sorry. I'm yeah. sorry. I know people think that's like just buck wild. Mm-hmm. They're like, so the Holy Grail here... That gives you immortality and tastes like Mountain Dew. You think you think sucks. I'm like, yeah, I kind of I don't really like playing on the Switch. Mm. Okay, idiot. Thanks, <laughs> thanks. Anyway, where'd my Mario get? Oh fuck, it's off the store. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, Hades on PS4. I'm super excited. Mm-hmm. We're gonna we're gonna get the platinum on that shit. Oh yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> um, we'll kind of do like a a soft like pedal like <laughs> E3 predictions at the end of the episode and like Is that I, true if we're tired. Don't, we don't, might be tired. Don't get there. Well, hopefully we get though. through shit pretty quick. We're not going to do another right. two-hour, yeah. forty-minute Resident right. Evil review right. podcast. So, hey man, um, that was my fault. <laughs> that, that was just the game's fault. You know, that's, that's how it went. But um, hopefully, in the E3 scope, they they announce that as like a port coming to PS5, PS4, all that. Gotcha. But we'll we'll see what happens. Okay. Yeah. We will see what happens. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you something before we kind of get into like the oh. let's plug ourselves thing. Um, Hi. Because. <laughs> what are we plugging in? What's the, what's the plugger? Well, it's, <laughs> it's, it's just it's just us. we got to plug us. Oh. You, you might have more kind of um, tie to this franchise and everything, mm. but the Berserk uh, creator passed oh. away. Kentaro yeah. Yeah. How mm-hmm. do you feel about that? Did you have like kind of a, a close tie to like Berserk and uh, Guts? Well, first of all, that's it, that's sad. He died at fifty four. Yeah, right. That's young, man. Yeah, that's really young. Super young in my mind. But no, so and the and the, the way he died too. Mm. Let me see here real quick. What happened? So this is from Dark Horse. Kentaro Miyara passed away on May six from acute aortic dissection. Jeez, like in surgery or he, yeah, maybe it was surgery. Oh man, um, he was fifty four. Mira Sensei was a master artist and storyteller, and we had the great privilege of publishing several of his finest works, including his masterpiece Berserk. He'll be greatly missed. Our condolences go out to his family and loved ones. So that's from the official Dark Horse Comics Twitter. Right, um, 
but yeah, highly influential. I just, I've never read any of his works, unfortunately. I haven't either, yeah. honestly. Oh, I, okay. I've only, the adaptations of his works are things that I've uh, enjoyed. Like, mm-hmm. I, I watched a long time ago, because, like, I would do this thing where I would go to Blockbuster as a kid and just, like, fucking rent whatever looked interesting. Mm-hmm. I think I picked up, like, one of the Berserk anime collection. Like, it was collected, and it was one of those things where they would be like, episodes one through four on one disc, you need to rent the other one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I rented that and was just kind of blown away. I was like, this is really dark fantasy, but with, like, you know, this kind of anime spin to it, which was interesting. Mm-hmm. And then I didn't get back into berserk until they did that trilogy movie the band of the hawk mm-hmm. uh things which was uh morose <laughs> it gets super morose that's um, that's the thing about the series like mm-hmm. it has like this really cool like dark fantasy medieval gothic yeah. like kind of style in terms of like armor sets and like the whole setting but like the story is like it, it has a lot of like kind of themes of like vengeance and like you know characters recovering from like sexual assault and abuse and yeah. like, kind of like climbing back up from nothing to rebuild themselves so it's like there's powerful story beats amongst those uh those issues there's heavy heavy subject matter for sure in that and Mm. um but just like you know the art style and the tone uh inspired a lot of different fiction i mean including uh miyazaki with dark souls Mm -hmm. it's like there's so many designs in those games that are just like almost one for one yeah i think uh, it was artwork from berserk Imran Khan, who is, like, kind of uh, hmm. likening the Hunters logo to, like, one of the logos from... Berserk. Bloodborne? Yeah. Bloodborne? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's... It's it's very much, it feels like an homage, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's a shame. Uh, I've never read the manga. Now I'm super kind of interested if yeah. there's, like, a collected form, but um, I know they have a newer adaptation series that i don't know if it's still running but people aren't a fan of because they use that weird 3d art thing but the, oh yeah that yeah. never lands but the original like looked pretty fucking solid if you mm. can get a hold of that i think it's just super hard to get a hold of that. yeah but um yeah yeah damn that's a legend right there man berserk is like lots of artists like reference that as mm-hmm. an influence lots and lots and lots but yeah but you know if you decide to go into it right now just expect there's some definitely Definite content warnings all over that one. Yeah, but it's mm-hmm. been kind of sweet seeing people, like, post stuff about it, post, like, kind of single frames from, like, the mangas, or people talk about yeah. how, like, influential, like, one of the female leads is, like... Uh, Casca. Yeah, because, like, I think that was, like, one of the first instances, and maybe manga or, like, comic book traditional, like, where there was, like, a black female who was, like, a love interest, and mm-hmm. that resonated with a lot of people, obviously, right? Because, like, those characters are underrepresented in a lot of media, um, but... In Final Fantasy fourteen, mm. like at like the night people found out, they did this like huge tribute. The Dark Knights. Yeah, people dressed up as Dark Knights and like paid tribute to Miara, which is really awesome. And uh I don't know, it's just kind of like um it just really speaks to like how someone's legacy can like echo throughout like the industries, you know, sure, absolutely. that are influenced by it and just how just how much like his work meant to people. Yeah. But, I'd say so. Yeah, I'm I'm super interested. I mean, I was always interested in checking out the mangas, but it just mm. it never got around to it. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I don't see you as much of a manga reader, to be honest. Is that like a no? Do you have most, you have some mangas? You can't say Scott Pilgrim. Don't say Scott Pilgrim. <laughs> I won't say Scott Pilgrim. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't actually own yeah. a single manga. I think I have a Zelda manga somewhere. Gotcha. Um, it's not that like I'm not interested in it, it's just I've never picked any up. I think I have one Resident Evil manga mm-hmm. that somebody got me because they were like, look, it says Resident Evil on it. I was like, okay, I'll get it. I've never yeah, read it. Sure. <laughs> I've never read it. Some backwards books. I hear. Yeah. Gotta retrain your brain. <laughs> I mean, I was raised Jewish, so I kind of got used to reading from uh, right to left. So, mm. yeah, because of the Torah and shit. Right. This yeah. is actually new information to me <laughs> <laughs> completely. But I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> well, do you want to do the plug? I will do the plug. 
Hey, everyone, if you don't know, we're the save room. Fuck you, Puffy.com. <laughs> you can find us on SoundCloud.com slash The Save Room Show or Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and even Stitcher, plus RSS feeds across the universe. Wow. <laughs> if you guys would love to go to one of those many listening spots, please listen to our Resident Evil Village review that we posted last week. We did. Give it some give it some love. It's a long one, but it's really long. It clocks in at the the length of a speed run of Village. Very so, true. You know, just sync it with the game. Our, I think our talking points match up with game beat, so you be, you'll be fine. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. We did that on purpose. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it took a lot of mocapping to make that <laughs> work. All right. Uh, if you want to see us uh, streaming, by the way, you can follow me at Twitch.tv/slash/TheRedHerb. Every Friday, I do Devil May Fry, where I play every fucking Devil May Cry in order. <laughs> Are you regretting it, or is it like? Has it been Am a fulfilling? Regretting it? No, Jump, this uh, walk down memory lane, I think, is unlocking pieces of my mind that I haven't <laughs> played with in a while. Mm-hmm. It's uh, informative and fun. No, I have, I'm having a great time still. Yeah, there's some parts of the games that don't hold up very well. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm on Devil May Cry 4 right now, okay. and of course, the level design is dog shit. Uh, very convoluted, not very fun and for some reason it slaps you pretty early with this like big level puzzle where you get to do like specific bullshit that's boring mm. and it's all i want to do is like fight and jump around so four is half and half for me but it's still like i'm still having fun like it's still like the combat's like fresh as fuck yeah what's the one you've had the most fun with so far besides dmc devil May Cry? <sighs> yeah i knew you were gonna ask it that way because <laughs> yeah, i know you um, like that one a lot the one that i had the most fun with shit on stream I would say probably three. Because they all have crazy moments. I think three has like a wild opening. Yeah, three has a wild opening. Three has some like really just great uh, boss fights here and there. Mm-hmm. And some just stupid over the top moments. But yeah, probably three. Okay. Because uh, two I ended up fucking hating. Mm-hmm. Like absolutely hating. And then one I still love to this day. Even though it's like super old at this point. Like the combat's probably the worst in one, but it's still like one of the better games. Interesting. But yeah, going through four. I'll get to five. Yeah. I'm excited to see you like play through that game again and maybe like be a bit lighter on it impressions wise and maybe like kind of warm up to a bit because like mm. you didn't love it when it came out. DMC5? Yeah. No, I didn't. Uh, but I hear good things about the special edition that came out for PS5. So mm. oh, we'll see. But excitement? I don't think you understand excitement. Not like the excitement that the fucking world oh my felt. God. <laughs> when the return of Dungeons and Daniels. I knew that was coming. <laughs> occurred to us. Yeah. Like a meteor killing the dinosaurs. Well, I mean, it wasn't like that. Yeah. But, but if the dinosaurs survive, they get to see something hype. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, they get to see me go live. They get the All go right. live notification and then it's the meteor crazy. hits. Yeah, You've man. done two streams I so know. far, man. Two Fridays. Two, like, kind of six-plus-hour streams. Because wow. that's just how I do. Wow. Maybe that's why I needed to take time off. Because, like, my streams do get to be a bit exhausting. Because it's like I'll start at, like, 11 a.m. on a Friday and then yeah. go to, like... Basically, when you get off work. Yeah, I don't like know it's, why you do it's like, you a, it's like a work shift for me. <laughs> you don't need to do that. You can stop at like three and be like, I'm good. I could. Time to eat or something. I mean, I would do some Saturday streams yeah. like that where I'm like, oh, I'm going to stream for two hours before we record. I mean, I get bad about it too. Like when yeah. me and Chelsea do the Hecka Herb, right? Oh, it's like, an all-day affair. Yeah, we're, we're stuck like there for like seven hours, <laughs> basically, but... Uh, we try, we try to rein in some of these streams. Let me tell you what, because sure. they get exhausting. Yeah, it's, it's tough, but like I've, I've enjoyed being back in the space. Thank you to everybody who's kind of, you know, 
shown up and give me some love and return love and be like, hey, it's you again. Hey, it's, hey, it's you guys. Hey. Um, I mean, last week we played Returnal. That was a lot of fun. This week we we did... I was going to do a speed run of Resident Evil 7, but it had been two years since I played it last and I wasn't feeling confident in it. So I was like, I'm going to do like a casual speed run where I'm going to try and get through it as quickly as possible and maybe I'm going to linger and just kind of enjoy aspects of the game because like... For some reason, playing Village made me really pine for the game, mm. and I'm like, I want to go back and play it again, and I was like, fuck, I'll play it on stream. <laughs> yep, that's so the idea. We played through the entirety of it, and then we played one of the DLCs, uh, End of Zoe, where you play as the punching uncle, Joe Baker. <laughs> <laughs> you get this fucking awesome power fist, you're punching molded and alligators out in the swamp. It's really cool, actually. Yeah, it's one of the best DLCs to ever come after Resident Evil, yeah. honestly. Yeah. But so. yeah, no, people were excited. People yeah. were there. People were like, I can't believe my eyes. This is D&D TV mm-hmm. back for me. Crazy. Yeah. And Crazy I mean, it's, it's been fun just having people chill. Yeah. I appreciate the support. I don't really know what we're doing next. Because like, here's the thing. Like, so if I stream on PS5, I can't use a camera. Yeah. If I stream on PS4, you know, I can use a camera. It's still do, native. Do you need so. an adapter? Can you buy an adapter? You can buy an adapter. <laughs> you can buy an adapter. I just... uh how much is the adapter? Maybe I should just look into it. I don't know. Because, like, what are the chances mm. of me setting up OBS, getting my Razer Keo, getting all that shit going when I haven't done it in, like, the last year? So, like, mm. I think buying an adapter and just kind of, like, getting up and going on the PS5 would probably be the quickest thing. But how much is that adapter? Will, I don't know. Do you know how much that <laughs> I have no fucking clue. <laughs> <laughs> you asking me is giving me yeah. anxiety, and I'm going to disappear for from streaming for well, another it's six like months. 50 bucks. Um, whatever. It's crazy, right? Um,. I mean, I want to get my my better situation set up because, like, the problem with native streaming and using that PS4 camera, hmm. like, I hate the lighting that comes through it. Like, I can never get the lighting right. I always look red. Yeah. Like, always just, like, these yeah. weird shades it's of red. It's a little red, foggy, and like, too. And it doesn't help that the lighting in my bedroom is fucking garbage. You don't really have lighting. No, I don't. Yeah. I don't. No. No. It's like a um, den of ill repute. Thank you for calling my bedroom a den of ill repute. God. Ooh, yeah. Um, but we'll, we'll see what we play next Friday. Well, actually, next Friday, we're getting our vaccine. I think I'll stream something on Thursday, okay. whether it's a, a Final Fantasy or something. I don't really know. A Final Fantasy or something. Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> it could be anything. Yeah. Uh, is it going to be Final Fantasy fourteen? Are you going to jump back into the... No, the no. I had the Yorzia. thought to start playing fifteen on stream. I thought that gotcha. would be fun, but we'll see. Yeah. The Royal Edition. Yeah. A lot of good stuff. It's been a, a while. A lot of good stuff there. I miss those boys. I miss those boys. Yeah. There's, there's something comforting about driving around in the... Boys. The... Oh, sorry. Yeah regalia and, <laughs> and pumping our boy tunes pumping the boy tunes yeah. hey is that right. butter by bts turn that up prompto hell yeah dude yeah. fuck yeah yeah good stuff well let's get into this uh this shit son sure let's stir the shit now the first thing on here i don't typically do this but i thought that it was so succinctly uh succinct it up <laughs> on a different website uh i'd rather let somebody uh speak the words okay this so this article is from uh, you can find this on gamesindustry.biz. I do accept all cookies. Two seconds. There we go. And it is titled, IGN Staff Appalled by Removal of Post Calling for Palestinian Aid. This is written by Brendan Sinclair. I'll start you off here. A group of 74 IGN employees have co-signed an open letter to its corporate leadership and management at parent companies J2 Global and Ziff Davis publicly objecting to the removal of a story collecting charitable links to help Palestinians over the weekend. 
Uh, the quote goes, We, the undersigned employees of IGN, are appalled by the recent management decision to subvert our editorial autonomy and remove our post directing aid to the Palestinian civilians currently suffering a humanitarian crisis in Gaza, the West Bank, and Jerusalem. End quote. The group began. The letter specifies that the post was taken down with no communication made to the people who wrote it, the rest of the IGN staff, or even the public. The post was removed over the weekend, but IGN released a statement earlier Monday morning, Eastern Time, and I do mean early. It was 2 a.m. East Time, by the way. Yeah, like, they did not want to go Like, shadow dropped like, on a Sunday. Yeah, they didn't want any fucking, like, backlash against it, but they got some backlash. <laughs> oh, almost immediately, yeah. <laughs> like, right? But yeah, it was posted early Monday morning, Eastern Time, explaining why it was taken down. The staffers who co-signed the letter called that statement misleading, as its undersigned nature suggested that the decision to remove the post was made by the same editorial team which posted did it in the first place which is not true uh also it was very very like both sidesy where they're like oh mm-hmm. we understood that uh, posting this support article uh, kind of made it seem like we were not thinking about the other population and mm-hmm. it's just like you mean the population that's bombing the shit out of yeah. this open air prison the, the oppressing population oh man like like think yeah. about like their trigger fingers they must itch god damn it there's a lot of speak of like both sidesism going around with this and it's Mm. like uh yeah i I get it but also let's talk about the side that's actually getting actively harmed and killed right now that actually needs our support more than israel but right not to say that there isn't casualties happening on on either side but like one side is like it's obviously a very lopsided and i'm careful to not say conflict Mm -hmm. because it doesn't seem like a conflict as much as it feels like a wallop okay Mm -hmm. so Quote, following an IGN-wide meeting this morning, we have come to understand that this was a clear instance of corporate overreach and demonstrated blatant disregard for the most basic standards of journalistic integrity and editorial independence, end quote. The letter reads, quote, the business interest of a publication's ownership and its editorial staff should stay separate at all times, end quote. Now, the employees are asking IGN upper management and those at J2 Global and Ziff Davis involved in the decision to meet with staff, accept public responsibility for the removal of the letter, and to, quote, work with our staff to republish the piece, end quote, leaving open the possibility for edits based on management feedback. IGN's content team page lists 112 people, while the letter was co-signed by 74 people from various departments and international offices, including some names not featured as part of the content team site. 29 of the 39 editorial team listed on the site co-signed the letter, but the four highest-ranking members of the editorial team, Editor-in-Chief Tina Amini, Managing Editor Samuel Claiborne, Publisher John Davison, and Chief Content Officer Per Schneider did not... All right. There is a lot. Yeah, apparently the team meeting, Per Schneider was the one fielding questions for IGN staffers, mm-hmm. and that was not a meeting that staffers left very happy. Uh, yeah, obviously. I imagine that was to a meeting where, like, mm-hmm. Per Schneider probably couldn't answer too many questions either. Like, right. <laughs> dodge a lot. I want to I want to hear your thoughts on this. Oh. Like obviously I feel like we're both aligned on the idea that this is a super bad look for the parent company mm-hmm. and I I think it's very well understood this was not a choice made by the staffers themselves, mm-hmm. right? Well, where where are you at with this? Well, number 1, fuck Ziff Davis. Fuck <laughs> J2 Global. J2 Global. Yep. Like cuz it's <clears throat> one of those things where it's I think I'm not a journalist, right? But, you know, in the scope of journalism, right, and kind of free speech and free press, like, you have these journalists who, granted, like, they work for an entertainment platform, right? Like, 
you know, their their job is to talk about games, right? Write guides, to write reviews, but also when these harder things come to surface, they're also going to write about it and they're going to do it with journalistic integrity because a lot of these people are journalists. They're not just like enthusiasts. They're not just like, you know, editorial people. But something like this where, you know, they came together and thought, you know, there isn't a both sides-ism to this. this. This is a very kind of like black and white situation that that we're seeing happen in our industry like kind of cut across our industry right now and we want to put out resources there and we want to help um and it's just one of those things for them to like the parent companies right and then even ign israel to kind of have some kind of like intervention and say in it to have those links taken down it's overreach it is like everything that is against journalistic integrity right it's kind of like erasure and what what's the word i'm looking for um I, I can't quite think of the word I'm looking for with it, but mm. you know, it's it's just you're you're not giving these these journalists the the right to kind of put their word out there like you would on any other case, and it's obviously it comes from a place because like I imagine like a lot of companies in America, J Two Global and Ziff Davis probably has some dealings and funding and advertising money and all the stuff probably coming from israel or like assets tied up that way so Mm. i could see why they'd want to be like no no we can't we can't do this we got to keep ourselves looking good keep writing about your fucking keep writing like persona reviews over there don't worry about like putting up links and it's just like yeah you guys kind of fucked up i think with that you know Mm -hmm. they were just links that's all and now you have these people who are coming forward very bravely and like i applaud them too for just kind of like putting their necks out there putting their jobs on their line and being like hey like we're going to come together. What you guys did was fucked up. We are the undersigned. And we kind of just like in the least want to come to a middle ground where we could talk about this and have some sort of kind of relief up there. Cause it's like, like you said, it's not so much a conflict anymore as it is like just a bloodbath that's going on in, in the you know middle East. Mm. Something that's been going on for a really long time, but it's, um, it's interesting, right? Cause like this has been going on for a really long time. 1900s like it's been going on for like such a long time but the fact that it came across like our industry and people wanted to do their best to help and then they're just being slapped down and told no don't do this it kind of (laughs) sucks and it it what bewilders them is that they didn't get this response when they were supporting blm Mm -hmm. or exactly you know anti-asian sorry pacific uh hate the aapi aapi hate so like well so they were like, well, why is this any different? Yeah, right? it's weird because their their statement, the parent company, right? It's like, it kind of came across as like an all lives matter statement. And it's just it like, did. well, it did. yes, sure. Like every last live on this earth matters. But I think the lives that should matter really most right now are right. the ones that are at Jeopardy. Right. With that statement, they also said that they had donated like $25,000. Yeah, which is which is great, right? Like, yeah, that's great humanitarian efforts yeah. right like donating yeah, that, money to like homeless and you know displaced people amazing <laughs> doesn't doesn't make up for the fact no that you totally overstepped on this and it, yeah and I, I do agree with the this I, this notion where these corporations get into this uh, you know entertainment media biz and they oftentimes they look down and say well oh wait you guys want to do journalism mm-hmm. you want to do a journalism no mm-hmm. that's not what this is mm-hmm. you're basically marketing yeah <laughs> you're right you're marketing and you're an entertainment platform right and so for uh ziff davis and j2 to be able to make this move uh pull down that those support links and then act like oh well you know it's, it's just we just thought we're, we wanted to be more fair mm-hmm. <laughs> i think that's laughable yeah. like what what's wrong with you at that point so yeah i would be pissed as shit i think there's complicated conversations around like um well one there's if 
the notion that if IGN staffers were in a union, mm-hmm. then they'd have more protections and more rights over things, sure. especially when they protest a decision made by their parent company. Mm-hmm. Um, I think power to these people for absolutely putting their names out there on mm-hmm. a statement. I think there's been some calls on the internet for it's like, why don't you just walk out? And it's like, well, that's our livelihoods. And we're also still kind of in a pandemic. Yeah. And games media people don't make a lot of money to no. begin with. So, so to be, you know, like... I think um, somebody asked, uh, or somebody made a comment about the initial letter from IGN staffers saying, like, well, you know, that's nice, but it's just finger wagging without consequences. Like, there was no threat mm-hmm. to what they said. And I was like, they're negotiating, right? I don't mm-hmm. think they should be coming in there with the first bargaining chip being like, we're going to quit immediately. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, it, it's tough to continue to, you know, work in those conditions or work with knowing the decision can be made and say, mm-hmm. like, hey, I'm being treated with dignity as a. Uh, professional i don't Mm -hmm. i don't think i could feel that way you know but otherwise yeah i think it was who was it emron khan who like did a tweet about it and people Mm kind of came at him like hey like you like granted you're a journalist you're in games media but like this isn't your job this isn't your livelihood kind of stay in your lane sort of thing where he's like what did he say initially he said like i I would walk out yeah it was the extent of if, if he was like if i was one of the people working at ign right now i would just like find another job or something like that. Mm-hmm. I, it's very like summarized as to what he said, but then like he came out like four hours later or however long after and kind of issued like a counter apology to it because people are like flaming him pretty hard where it's like, Hey, Imran, like I really expect, like respect your opinions, but like this isn't the take you think it is. And you know, I, I imagine the the reason why like Pear and Tina Amini and some of these higher people on the editorial staff, like haven't put their names on it. It's probably because it puts their job in like jeopardy, right? Like, I don't know. It's it's it was a tumultuous thing in the first place, and then even harder for them to kind of come together and do this because, like, if they wanted to, that parent company could axe every one of those people who signed that letter. Right. The consequences <laughs> you know? could be bigger for these staffers than it is for this parent company. Yeah, like, exactly. That, and that's how the arrangement's set up right now. Yeah. yeah, and I hope it doesn't turn to that because, like, these people aren't expendable. Like, these people mm-hmm. make your your site what it is. These are a group of people from diverse backgrounds coming together to talk about the industry they love, and like, you should probably pay them more mind than you are doing right now <laughs> mm-hmm. so absolutely and you know i and i think um another discussion has bubbled up where it's like when a lot of people are usually just these twitter mentions that mm-hmm. fucking give me palpitations diarrhea diarrhea yeah. and palpitations at the same time is a rough rough get <laughs> but you know saying like well you know i don't think you guys should be commenting on political matters anyway you're just like video games just like make another fucking guide for returnal and to which i say well then don't expect people in your games media then yeah. <laughs> these are humanitarian issues that matter to Mm-hmm. humans the people that make your content talk about video games and i think it's actually been more edifying to see the games industry more openly talk about this and don't get me wrong it's awkward <laughs> it's an awkward thing right now and some mm-hmm. of the stuff that you know having these conversations in the in the open yeah. are awkward right because there's always somebody else who can like kind of tag you and be like no you're totally fucking wrong about this how, how dare you speak up you should stay in your lane to do this and it's mm-hmm. like the less people uh less people saying stay in your lane the more that we can actually talk about these issues because i think the one thing about the um what's going over there in palestine is that people think it's this really really complex like deeply complex thing where it's like oh when you get when you unpack it there's no good guys bad guys like stay away from it but Mm -hmm. that actually benefits (laughs) the people that may be oppressing Mm -hmm. that that benefits oppressors and there are people being oppressed it's gets simple i don't want to like diminish it but Mm -hmm. it's like people are in need out there 
And I think it's a good thing that people want to show their support, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Tamor, Tamor uh, Hussein over yeah. at GameSpot. Uh, GameSpot's article, by the way, w- with support uh, for Palestine and different charities that you can support, mm-hmm. still up, never taken down. I'll awesome. point that out. Uh, but Tamora was talking about that and saying, I, I, I just think that people are just so afraid to talk about it because they think it's this overly complicated thing that they don't have any way to weigh in on. And it's mm-hmm. like, well, I want to, I want you to have this conversation. I'm here talking to you about it too. Mm-hmm. And it's been cool to see, like, you know, uh, charities arise. Like he, he did a like a stream fundraiser, made a great great donations there and then kind mm-hmm. of kind of funny did one too what on friday last friday yeah yeah they, well they had a donation yeah. link kind of going all week and then like yesterday they did a entire um stream and i think it's kind of funny.com slash palestine where that donation link is so right on. yeah i mean there's there's tons of organizations companies and streamers now like kind of putting mm-hmm. up links for stuff like that and i think it's awesome the kind of like combined solidarity and it's i mean we see it a lot when these things happen whether it is like you know the blm movement or the right. a- api stuff and it's you know it's great to see people kind of come together and have these discussions but like it's just it's so annoying to see like the the other half of people who like games and i, I put really heavy quotes there. i was gonna say gamers but just be like stop talking about this gaming isn't political shut up about it go back to your like mario golf review and it's just like there's complex issues at play here and i mean you're right like at the end of the day it's it's pretty easy to just be like hey this is binary people are dying but like it's also like it it is a complex like 70 year old conflict that's been going on at this point um Mm -hmm. and i can understand why people don't want to take the time to like learn about it or kind of just want to shut it out but honestly like like tamor said when he was on kind of funny, he's like, I just kind of want people to get out there and, and educate themselves on it. Like, you know, and I think that's the best thing we can kind of do right now is kind right. of learn about it and see how we can help, you know? Yeah, definitely. I don't think that's a problem at all. Yeah. Right. And I feel like we should be encouraged to kind of live outside our bubble and understand mm-hmm. that people are, are not having a good time. Yeah. People are dying. People yeah. are, are losing their homes, being run out of their homes right now in mm-hmm. Palestine. That's what's happening. So, yeah, I've been opening up my eyes a little, you know, like, and I, I, I feel like the same, like, you know, I, Greg Miller, I know it's a contentious figure, and I, on my streams, we talk about him being contentious, which sometimes surprises me, because I'm just like, man, this dude's, like, super positive and shit, but, sure. like, he, he definitely admits, he's like, well, I've had my head in the sand, because, like, I just didn't want to get into the political spectrum and all that mm-hmm. shit, and he was like, I realize I'm sitting in a place of privilege doing that, mm-hmm. and... I am slowly waking up and it's like this, it's this process, but like, I want to be, uh, I want to have my eyes open to this mm-hmm. kind of thing going forward. So I'm like, I, I feel, I feel like that's a, I hope that inspires more people too. just be like, Hey, you know, if you love gaming in this industry, you also have to recognize the people that make it great <laughs> are people mm-hmm. and things impact them, things affect them. And it's okay for them to have like, Hey, let's set aside halo for two <laughs> seconds to yeah. have this conversation. So. Well, we'll have the Craig memes later. But we got to talk about the problems now. And it's like, yeah, there are a lot of people in the gaming industry of like, you know, Muslim, Palestinian, like descent that like are deeply impacted by this. Right. Um, And like, granted, like that is the the majority of the people out there dying right now. But there's also like kind of other intersecting groups out there, too. There's like Catholics. There's other people that live out there that are kind of getting killed in the crossfire of all this. So if you can just educate yourself, go donate if you care to. Um, but I kind of circle back to the whole like parent company thing. It, it sucks. It reminds me of like the blizzard stuff with, uh, blizzard and like blitz where like, he was like, Hey, um, what was it like free Hong Kong or something mm-hmm. like that? And blizzard was like, yeah, you can't do that. We're going to have to cut you from the team. <laughs> you get all this. And it's like, it's these instances of like these kind of parent companies stepping in and being like, you, you kind of see like 
where their money comes from showing in those moments, like where their mm-hmm. support really lies. And it's like, that's kind of, I don't like that. I don't like that at all, but right. you know, yeah. And it's like, it's one of those things with J2 and, uh, Ziff Davis mm-hmm. where it feels definitely like that, where mm-hmm. it's like, why did you act any other way? And then like, you know, seeing the IGN Israel post of them going like, we condemn what the U S uh, arm is saying. Mm-hmm. We, of course we support the IDF. What the hell? Like, mm-hmm. like it was just like, Oh wow. <laughs> and they're like, we're working to get that pulled down. God, that was rough. That was rough. But I, I'll, I'll end on this. I'll say this. It shouldn't be controversial to want to help people that are suffering mm-hmm. and show support <laughs> for that. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Very simple. Got number two on here? I'd be, I oh, do want to say I'm interested to see if anything comes of it because they said by Friday, like, if we can't come to a conversation or talk about this and nothing's happened yet. Right. So we'll see. Yeah, that's like an unfolding story right there. Like, let's see what happens to the IGN staffers. Well, best of luck to them. I hope they, mm-hmm. honestly, I hope their corporate overlords fucking just realizes such a bad look for them yeah. and that they just budge on this rather than well it probably shaking out the way that we expect it to shake out which is poorly let's go to number two on here starfield isn't ready yet hmm. sorry daniel According to the bearer of bad news and New York Times bestsellers, Bethesda's new sci-fi RPG won't release until the tail end of 2022. Jason Schreier tweeted, quote, Let me make this very clear. Bethesda's plan is to tease a release date for Starfield at E3. That date is in late 2022. I'll leave the specifics to them, but please keep your expectations in check and refrain from sending death threats when the other rumors turn out to be false. End quote. I want to. I want to. I want to stop right there, real quick. It's funny that you have to talk to the gamers and, in the same sentence, say, "Don't send death threats." Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like what? Temper your expectations and don't send death threats. Hmm. Gaming culture is probably the worst culture. <laughs> I gotta yeah. tell you. Jesus Christ. Anyway, what rumors is he referring to? The first has it that Starfield will be an Xbox exclusive, which makes sense if you recall that Microsoft bought Bethesda for $7.5 billion. But if you want a far less believable rumor, the Gaming Leaks and Rumors subreddit, I, I'm not sub to that, I should sub mm-hmm. to that, claims that Tom Cruise will field the starring role in Starfield. What? <laughs> you see, field. No, I saw it too I stars. didn't know Tom Cruise was tied to that at all. <laughs> oh, yeah, I guess that's uh, better or rumored. News. Well, apparently Todd told the actor working on the game would be good for his thetan. <laughs> it's a Scientology thing. So Starfield, people are shit hot about this game, going batshit. We haven't seen anything. Anything. We know that it's a sci-fi RPG, and there's it has a name. <laughs> spaceships yeah it has a name <laughs> but uh, yeah i i think it's no that we're nowhere near that also covid happened you think these yeah. games are just fucking like ready-made because you want them bad enough yeah because when was that initially announced or teased was it 2018 was it 2018 it yeah. might have been 2019 it's been some time guys. Was, was it the same show as elder scrolls 6 where they just like yes yeah yeah. Is that your interpretation of uh, yeah. Elder Scrolls theme yeah, song? Yeah, yeah, that's their theme song. Um, yeah, a lot of people are kind of like shitting themselves over like this news and speculating and going crazy. And no, I want to, I want to, I want to pull one of our, um, I want to pull a guest onto the show real quick. We don't often have sure. guests on the show, but uh, this is really important to just have uh, the man himself, Todd Howard, speak on the issue. Oh my god, so we got we got Todd for this. And uh, give me a second here while I go ahead and uh, just pull this. Getting on the Skype. 
yeah. The Skype call, this Discord call. Yeah, hold on. I gotta, I gotta dial in the. Yeah. Todd, Todd, hold on. Todd, Todd sorry. On. Discord's buggy, but you know bugs, right? Todd, Todd you're on mute. <laughs> Todd, can you unmute? Todd, can you unmute? <laughs> so we got, we got Todd Howard <laughs> online here. I got. So hold on. Didn't sound like Todd. Starfield, what's up? <laughs> I think it's getting really good hype for a game no one's seen. <laughs> yeah from from todd himself and he's right it is getting a lot of hype for a game nobody's fucking seen yeah i gotta say like i guess conceptually if you're a big bethesda fan Mm -hmm. um their next big thing their next big ip is super exciting Mm -hmm. for me i kind of need to see the thing to like you know get hype for the thing Mm -hmm. but i don't know which is how you've always been yeah right yeah, that's always been my thing, right? Like you're you're, you're like, cautiously optimistic even when you see a trailer sometimes. Sure, yeah, <laughs> because it could be, you know, I have to thank a certain man out there in the world. His oh, name's God. Randy Pitchford. Randomus Pitchmas. Man, I must have been 22, 23, mm-hmm. and I was watching this YouTube video for Aliens Colonial Marines, a preview mm-hmm. build. And it looked fucking out of this world. It was like living James Cameron's magnum opus. And he was he was making guffaws going like, oh, short controlled burst. <laughs> I can't believe I said that. <laughs> <laughs> and then the game came out. And then it, it fucking, it was like um, taking a hook to the fucking cheek and being dragged across uh, the, the bayou. Mm-hmm. <laughs> fucking sucked. God damn it. So I've always been consciously optimistic mm-hmm. about literally not knowing what a game is for real i mean even when we do know what a game yeah. is right like take like cyberpunk for instance right like a game that like oh, we, we had seen a bunch of and you know some people had hands-on impressions on other people got to be in the room where they saw you know demos happening uh but even then that's the case of a game where like people saw it and it came out and it was like still fucking rough so I fucking forgot that game existed yeah wow <laughs> so i mean this is interesting because it's like yes bethesda todd howard those are two names that fucking sell right but i think for for an idea it's a little like i don't know a little conflated and out there for people to be losing their fucking minds over it where it's like yeah "Yeah, i want to see like like a bethesda space rpg as much as the next person but like we don't even know what that looks like we don't know what they're planning for it you Mm -hmm. know it could be a real experience it could be a a, another fallout type ip but we don't we don't know any of those details fucking know what it is like it's it's listen (laughs) no me wrong i don't want to be that curmudgeon like it's fun to speculate sure absolutely fun but i feel like these expectations where i'm hearing people saying oh yeah it's gonna come out this year what Mm mm-hmm why, why, why are you throwing that dart at the board? <laughs> That's not, no, no. And then from everything that we're hearing, like Jason saying that, hey, it's going to be uh, probably 2023, mm-hmm. late 2023, or 2022, right? Yeah, yeah, fall 2022. Yeah, I'd be surprised if it was 2022, but... This is one of those things where, like, if they want to launch something new, they really need to get it right. I don't think they yeah. can kind of rest on on an ip like quite like they did with fallout 76 right where that game came out and they're like it was broken it was buggy as shit it had the worst fucking like media cycles and news about it mm. and they're just like but it's fallout so people are gonna play it anyway it's like no like you gotta get your new ip right <laughs> yeah that was my question i was like what is the last like great bethesda softworks game and i don't mean like, like they're publishing stuff. on yeah. not doom not dishonor not any of those not mm-hmm. dishonor not the rest of them not prey that's not bethesda mm-hmm. they fund it they bankroll it mm-hmm. sure I want to know the softworks, the BS, dude. Bethsoft. Mm-hmm. Was it three? Was it Fallout three? 
I don't know. I mean, Skyrim recently came to Switch, so maybe it was Skyrim. Maybe it was Skyrim. Hey, come on. <laughs> no, okay. So last, like, chronological actual release. Yeah. I think Fallout 4. Fallout 4? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I know people are... That's a divisive one, but then 76 came out and made 4 look like fucking gold. <laughs> I mean, sure. Like, Fallout 4, I think, has a weaker story than 3, and some mm. of the side missions are weaker, but overall, like, it's a really standout game, like, location-wise, graphic-wise, performance-wise. Like, Fallout 4 was awesome. Mm. <laughs> um, so that that would be the last thing that that i would say that came out that was really okay. like you know this is bethesda proper yeah um okay. so it's been a while that what was that 2015 yeah yeah okay it's been a little while maybe not too long six years mm-hmm. we'll see we'll see damn it's been that long huh? yeah i know that was when i got my ps4 like i i was super hyped on fallout 4 and i'm like i need a ps4 and i bought it like that same month yeah the sad thing is the moment that people get starfield in their hands their first question will be where's elder scrolls mm-hmm. like they won't even oh, like fucking rip the cellophane annoying. off that shit yeah i know it's annoying like come on just wait but it is cool hey at least we'll probably see more this year right mm-hmm. remember we saw some leaked screenshots of doors oh yeah yeah we did <laughs> doors here's a ceiling wow yeah. <laughs> it's metal like spaceships <laughs> i mean i'm excited for the idea of it sure. I, I hope they just take their time with it get it right um obviously this is a team that loves rpgs um and i think even to an extent they do like space because there was the the mothership zeta dlc for fallout 3 that was like hey you got on a fucking ufo like so like you know obviously they love sci-fi and exploring in fantasy spaces like that i think like the the best layer to this and the the known layer is that like it's probably gonna be an xbox exclusive yes which is just like i know it's gonna piss a lot of people off (sighs) yeah but but, like you know what 7.5 million billion billion dollars that's a lot of money that's, that's a lot of money. Yeah. You're you're not gonna let that one go. That's we're playing for keeps money right there. Right. But I, I love that they're they haven't like officially announced. Like there's been mm-hmm. rumors and I think Jeff Grubb has said it a few times out loud that it's gonna be an Xbox exclusive. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I would love I would love for them to come out and be like, hey, so cat's out of the bag mm-hmm. <laughs> and see what that reasoning was, right? Because I'm sure they've they've ran the numbers of like what would it look like if we actually did have this on other consoles that weren't xbox versus yes mm. and just probably led to the conclusion it was like eh, there's more gas in this uh this tank over here so yeah it'll be interesting to see like how that happens if it's like a simultaneous like xbox pc release or if it's just xbox well um, if it's game pass and like it would yeah. have to be pc and uh xbox at the same time so mm-hmm. like there's you know that's a good audience that's still getting a win there right yeah yeah, yeah. um just not if you not if you like knack <laughs> well it's one of those things where like bethesda fans are like really rooted in the pc community too like the modders like you know so many fucking mods that live in in fallout games and skyrim on on xbox and pc and i remember even when like i think it was what skyrim came to to ps4 and they wouldn't allow mods uh and fallout yeah, yeah and they fallout. wouldn't allow it so there was like such an ecosystem fostered for like those two like xbox and pc communities to like come together and be like mm. hey let's celebrate bethesda games granted you're gonna silo off some of your audience but even still like it's gonna make a lot of money like it's gonna sell a lot i mean a lot of the conversations i'm hearing are people going like well you know I was planning on getting an Xbox eventually. That, yeah. yeah, I definitely am. Mm-hmm. And I'm in that boat, dude. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, yeah. Oh, you, you, you're you putting all these uh, Bethesda open world games? Like, if you said the next Fallout was only an Xbox, I'd be like, yeah. yeah. I, I have an Xbox for it then. <laughs> I'm there. Yeah. Whatever. I think, like, just expect that more and more. Yeah. Right? Like, expect that there's a 90% likelihood that uh, Machine Games, right? That Indiana Jones game is going to be an Xbox exclusive. Oh, yeah. Like, get ready for that shit. Oh, yeah. 
I'm actually really excited for that. Yeah. I love Indiana Jones. Did you see that the new movie is going to be in space? Is it really? Yeah. That sounds stupid, but... It does kind of sound stupid. It's funny. <laughs> <laughs> I have a number three on here, and I need you as the correspondent for Overwatch to weigh in hard. Ha ha! This is Winston. Oh my... Reporting. God. Yeah. What is that melody? That was mine. I did that. What? <laughs> that was a go live notification for somebody. Number three. Mm-hmm. Overwatch 2 is reducing their PvP mode to 5v5. That's right. The sequel to the popular hero shooter is reducing its player count from six on a team to five on a team. The game's director, Aaron Keller, announced the change during last Thursday's live stream. The new team composition will be one tank, two DPS, and two supports. The reason? Quote, tanks can be problematic. <laughs> end quote keller (laughs) keller went on to explain quote we always tried to make our combat easy to read and very understandable and sometimes it's just hard to track what 11 other players are doing in the battlefield removing two of those simplifies everything and it allows players to understand everything that's happening around them and make better choices because of it end quote to accommodate the switch up tank characters are being made more aggressive and quote more hybridy on the damage side end quote on the same note the game's maps are being designed with single tank teams in mind and will include more cover objects players from the pro scene especially tank players have voiced their dismay online ign gathered anecdotes including this one from vancouver titans tank ford warner for, forward winner is it forward winner that's what it actually looks like it would be wow yeah, winner. wow that's leet anyway who wrote on twitter quote unbelievably disrespectful to make this decision and completely remove a role that people gave up years of their lives to achieve and not once were pro players made aware of this or asked their philosophies end quote there's a lot of angry tanks actually there's a lot of quotes out there people are pissed off that that last portion actually i hadn't considered until an episode of kind of funny games daily and then kind of reading up, up on it where it's like yeah blizzard's out here trying to tank our careers quite literally and I just, I hadn't considered that. And I guess that happens a lot in some, like, you know, esports pro scenes where, like, these major changes come where it removes a character that, or player that would be playing as a certain character. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just like, oh, well, now my career's in jeopardy. And it's like, shit. I mean, it, it's one of those things where, like, I don't know. I, I hope more people would be flex players, like, in the pro scene, right? And, like, kind of have, like, kind of a. <laughs> a more well-rounded like uh i guess like character rollout for like being able to play the game but obviously like that aside people like kind of skill themselves appropriately like i'm gonna be a great tank player i'm gonna make sure i can fucking try out for this team make this team bada bing bada boom right and then that's what they bank on they're like yeah i only play a tank right we're gonna let seagull play his genjis and his zenyatas but like i'm the tank but it's just yeah that that does suck that there are careers kind of in, in jeopardy right now I, my hope is that like you know how like in in I don't know a lot about sports, right? But in baseball, right? You have like somebody who's always kind of sitting on the on the bench, right? Warming the bench, right? So like the the, the players that would play these other sort of tanks, that's, right? That's, that's the fans in the stands, right? No, well, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't know anything about sports either. Uh, okay. But like so, like you would have somebody on reserve in these situations who might need to play that other tank type, right? Or maybe they're just thinking, oh, if we got the one tank player, he could do it all, right? Like, whether they're playing off tank or main tank. Um, but I don't know. It's um, it's a bummer. I don't know if it's one of those things where, like, 
Blizzard should have told them ahead of time. I'm not really sure how to feel about that. Actually, right? I'm a little surprised that they didn't solicit like any feedback? kind of feedback yeah. from the pro scene. Like, but I, so there's a few philosophies here, right? One is that you should absolutely listen to your pro scene because high level mm. players can inform things that you otherwise wouldn't get from yeah. a casual fan base. But also understand how the metrics work there, which is your pro scene is a much smaller segment than what you would consider casual or even in some rank play yeah uh of, of being you know these different grades of like players and different levels of engagement so it's like it's high i get it it's hard to kind of make the right decision for the most amount of people you never will mm-hmm. but it is surprising that i that i'm hearing that like oh they weren't even engaged like at all mm-hmm. that's interesting and strange. Yeah, I but don't they know. They really believe in this. Apparently, they did a bunch of internal testing mm-hmm. and said this this works the best. For me, I I see the concerns. I think I'm more interested than I am like angry or feeling like the composition of the game is just going to change so much and fuck up everything. And I'm just like, I like that it. They're willing to make a shake up for the betterment of the game, especially mm-hmm. going into a sequel. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so it doesn't feel like kind of the same old game and they're actually making adjustments and it yeah it is interesting like you said because i feel like as as console players right like who get a lot of these trickle down effects from the pc and pro scenes like, <laughs> yeah a lot of the shit happens that is influenced by those pro players and pc players and you would think that maybe they would feed a, like solicit a little bit of feedback but also it's like well how often does that happen in game development where it's like we're going to ask other people what we should do with our game like obviously you're going to do internal testing in well QA. that's what play testing is yeah and that's, that's going to inform that's stuff that's the whole nature like, of it unless mm-hmm. they're letting these pro players like you know QA their game which mm-hmm. I don't know if that's how it's happening right like a lot of stuff happens in PTR where these pros do get their hands on it first but I'm not sure if it's a similar situation while developing a new game I don't know it's yeah I don't know like, I'm not behind the scenes at Blizzard. I'm not, like, entirely sure how this is working out or how they're making the decision to do it. But they obviously knew they wanted to make a change, mm-hmm. right, to composition and team comp. Yeah, they definitely so. did. Um, and they are. But the thing that I found interesting, and I, I don't know if you've heard this as well. I didn't watch the stream. Did you watch the stream? I didn't, no. You didn't? No. Okay. Is that they're retro- retroactively reducing the player account in the original game, too. Mm-hmm. So you can't go back to Overwatch 1 and play 6v6. Mm-hmm. It'll be 5v5. Yeah, that's going to be a lot of things. <laughs> that's going to be a thing that's hard for a lot of people, I think, to remedy. Where it's like, oh, but I'm playing Overwatch 1. Why are all these changes happening here? It's like, well, because the PvP aspect is still shared between the two games. Right. The only thing that's exclusive to like Overwatch 2 is like the PvE and then like the skill tree things that are happening within the game yeah. as well. Do you have any big concerns with this change? Or do you actually, let me ask it this way. Do you wish that they tested this more before saying that like, this is the mainstay? I mean, maybe, Hmm. but how would you have done that? The game's not even like, I know it's weird. So (laughs) it's obviously like they have confidence in it pre-release that this is something they wanted to do versus like, you know, Overwatch one where maybe a year in they're like, all right, we're going to put this idea out in a PTR, see if it, and PTR is like public testing realm. Right. So like, see if, people want to run with this or see you know if they don't and um i mean i'm i'm up for it like as somebody who's been playing overwatch since it fucking came out in may of 2016 like five years like Mm -hmm, i've been playing this mm -hmm. game more kind of hardcore than any other multiplayer game like i want to see changes come to it i don't know if like reducing the player count is the thing that's gonna like help because there's obviously so many other problems right like there's a lot of balancing issues 
the character count itself is bloated. You have 31 characters and it's already a noisy game unto itself. Yeah. So like, yeah, okay, we're going to reduce it by one. Sure. Maybe it's going to make people think differently about their play styles, whatever, whatever. I don't know. Like I'm, I'm for it, right? Anything they implement, I'm for it. And then, you know, if I don't like it, I'm going to like, obviously like voice my, you know, critique on it. Right. But yeah, it makes me wonder if they have like a fail safe here where they're like, okay, well we can go back to six V six. If it's just, that if it's that reviled Mm -hmm. you know but we won't know until the game comes out like 2022 Mm -hmm. late 2022 if that because it's not it's still not soon they did not release a release date (laughs) Mm -hmm. so i don't know i'm again i'm I'm open-minded about certain things i definitely know that this is a game whose fucking chemical composition has been changed and fucked with for so long and so Mm -hmm. much Mm -hmm. that it sometimes it's an un like it's mechanically unrecognizable from the game that released mm-hmm. right and i think overwatch 2 they're definitely putting the foot forward and saying that's going to continue happening it's just going to be more of a shock to your system mm-hmm. at launch than like you know it going over time because it's going to be such a different game yeah as somebody who stuck <clears throat> with it for five years and 20 seasons of competitive play and all this other stuff like i've seen all the permutations and the thing is like these updates come not even just with like competitive like season rollouts, but like also with like the events that happen, like the mm. anniversary events or the Halloween events, where they'll kind of do character tweaks and stuff here and there. So the game is always changing, and it's crazy to see it happen. And it's a lot of like adapting to like players that are characters that I really like being changed like on the fly. Like oh, the the, the major change that happened to Mercy, some of the changes that happened to Diva, how Symmetra is a completely different character mm-hmm. than she was at launch, and it's like you kind of just get used to it. And I think a lot of people are going to be like pissy about it now, but then it's just going to be the the new norm, right? Like 5v5 is going to be the standard, and it's like, that's just what it is. We'll we'll see how it plays out. I am kind of excited that they are removing one of the game types, um, the two-point capture point uh, maps. So, like, Mm. maps like Volskaya and Anubis, they're changing that up and removing that game mode entirely. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Hmm. What was the reasoning? To make it faster? I think to make it a little no. faster, yeah. There was a lot of feedback that, like, I think that is across the board is probably one of the least enjoyable modes. And, I, <laughs> I, and it's true, like, you know, capturing the first point is always a bitch, and then it usually amounts to, like, okay, if you just got it in, like, the last few seconds of a round, then it rolls over to another four minutes, and it's just, like, it goes into, like, really long <laughs> matches of OT, and it's just, yeah, it's... It can be messy sometimes. It makes DoorDash really inconvenient. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like, hey, I'm almost done with this. I'll meet the person at the door. Oh, God, no. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. We got to push it. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Here comes that Zarya. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Shit. But my DoorDasher needs me to go out and, like, help them find the building because they can never find our building. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, no. I don't oh, know. No. I'm getting, I'm going to get booted. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited for Overwatch, too. Like, I love Overwatch. I'm, I'm all for what's going to happen, and, you know, I hope I just have the same kind of feverism for the sequel as I did the original game. So I hope so, too. Yeah. I think it'll be interesting, but we will have to wait a while. Just like Starfield, we have to wait a while. <laughs> Gamers, yeah. we gotta wait. There, there was a separate article that went out that we didn't write about. About Blizzard? Yeah, that kind of went long. out through, like, IGN. <laughs> it's called The Special Report, The Inside Story of Blizzard's Departures and a Company at a Crossroads about how the company has been suffering a lot of attrition, a lot of, like, the head developers and, like, you know, long-time developers from the studio are, are leaving. Um, so go check that out on IGN. By Cat Bailey, by the Kat way. Bailey, yeah. Crushing it. Yeah, it seemed like uh, that was months in the making. Just, mm-hmm. a, just a range of anecdotes and people that uh, were interviewed. Yeah. But yeah, overall, the feeling is that, of course, the nature of 
Blizzard and how it, even though it was a big like studio, they had this kind of small team feel going. Mm-hmm. Uh, they lost that over the years completely as Activision came in and made a bunch of changes and people just got burnt out working on huge games and yeah. having to deliver the next net masterpiece, right? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of why they're hemorrhaging talent. Really interesting stuff, by the way, but I imagine Jeff was on that boat too, speaking of Overwatch, right? Yeah. Jeff was just like, yeah, you know, been here 19 years, fucking had two big games under my belt. It'd be nice to go something, you know, smaller or mm-hmm. perhaps even hang out with my family right <laughs> you know imagine that um speaking of studios my friend i got a number four on here and uh, another another roughie despite being called out for fostering a toxic workplace a new report says nothing has changed at ubisoft now i'm actually going to reference another article again my time is short these days and writing these things out it's just my hand hurts sometimes yeah it's our weekend we want to chill weekend i'm telling you but there's an article in ign uh posted by rebecca valentine Hmm. uh and there's a few poll quotes on here that are kind of interesting but uh there's a report from a french publication called le telegram which was translated by gamesindustry.biz uh, and this is a quote from Rebecca, states that as the first wave of legal proceedings brought by workers union Solidaires Informatique J. Video, no, video <laughs> begin this month. Imagine of all the words that trip up on <laughs> this month, Ubisoft has done minimal work to improve its culture. For one, many of those accused uh, of, the, again, harassment, sexual harassment, all sorts of allegations, mm-hmm. uh, were accused still have jobs at the company, such as Nideo Studio lead Florent Casa, oh man, Castel Nilrak, okay, about whom Solidaires published 10 testimonials relating wow. to bullying and abusive behavior toward employees. Uh, Castaniac is still the Nadeo managing director, according to the studio's official website. And then to kind of briefly sum up, also, there's been efforts, other efforts actually to address the work culture are said to have included a new code of conduct and half day training for 20,000 staff members. Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. With more advanced training for management. However, management has also reportedly ignored various employee led initiatives to improve matters, such as efforts to hire more women. Ubisoft had previously committed to major changes following the scandals <sighs> another thing was um the members of hr that worked so effectively to cover up these allegations of harassment and make sure that some of these dudes that were definitely definitely abusive were still employed mm-hmm. still work at fucking ubisoft mm-hmm. to this day so good to know <laughs> that you can't teach an old AAA studio new tricks Really annoying, by the way. It's like, because if you remember during last year's fucking whatever live stream, the the UB Fun Play Day. The UB Forward? What, yeah, whatever yeah. it is, right? They did a little statement, little canned statement from Yves Guimont mm-hmm. going just like, you know, we hear you, there's going to be changes, da-da-da, and it's all just fucking gas, right? Like, you need to fucking deroute the problem, right? Go backwards and... <laughs> Get rid of these problem people, right? Mm -hmm. Because, like, it's obviously... Could you imagine after how deflating it must feel to have these allegations come out, have reports come out? I know Jason Schreier wrote an article about it on Bloomberg. Mm -hmm. And just have nothing change? Mm -hmm. It must feel like nothing ever will. 
that's terrible so i know somebody who previously worked for ubisoft and like she's like very like also like not surprised having worked there for so long and seeing a lot of the culture and harassment and stuff that's going on behind the scenes that is now kind of like coming to the forefront but like she's not surprised that nothing's changed and she's actually just kind of disgusted and like disappointed across the board um that like ubisoft isn't doing better and like rightfully so like do better by your employees do better by the people who you know were affected by these people in power right yeah like what you need to get rid of these people Mm -hmm. and the fact that they still have positions of power informs the culture at this studio and like how do you not see that i get that like change doesn't happen overnight right but granted if you want to like change like your kind of work force programs you want to put out new training sure that takes time right but it takes like two minutes to fire a dude right for misconduct so exactly also to have these kind of employee-led like you know trainings and such and have management not support it i I tell you from personal experience Mm -hmm. if management doesn't support a thing it dies yeah okay that that, that's a problem too it's terrible Mm -hmm. so fucking ubisoft i just wanted to make sure that the call out was there Mm -hmm. i don't have more thoughts than I hate them. Yeah, we talked about it pretty at length on one of our previous episodes. Um, but yeah, I mean, shout out to the people still working there. You know, um, I know. It's, it's your boy. Well, the, well <laughs> no, so shout out to the people that are still working there that like, you know, are going through this and like, you know, trying to put out products that they love and care about while being kind of under public scrutiny. Like, cause they're like, not everybody that works at Ubisoft is a bad seed, right? There are people that across the multiple like studios like Quebec, Montreal that are just, they just want to work on video games. Right. And like, they have to deal with like this public scrutiny and the bad look of their management and the people who kind of got away with the shit they got away with. So like, you know, it must be tough. Right. Like I think about also like the, the team working on that Harry Potter game, right? Where it's like, damn, we're working on a game like we are really passionate about, but we also have to deal with all this kind of flack and public feedback about like J.K. Rowling. And Mm. it's, I don't know, like it's tough, right? Yeah, I. (laughs) it's one of those things where you're not surprised, but God damn it, dude. All they did was play chess with these bullies. Mm -hmm. All they did was like move them to a different studio and go like, all right, let's keep them out of the, keep them out of the spotlight for a couple hours. Like, fuck that. Yeah. What, what is the, what is the thrust here to want to protect these people that are obviously creating a toxic work culture? Mm -hmm. Unless you're toxic too. Yeah, exactly. So I, yeah, I I feel like this is a problem that goes all the way up. Oh, super sure does. Yeah. And that's what it sounds like. And that's what the Jason Schreier article was talking about, where it's like the, the business was started by a bunch of brothers. Right. Mm -hmm. And like two of them have got like, uh, accusations against them, but I don't want to speak out of, I need the article in front of me, Yeah, (laughs) but still fucking hell. Anyway. Well, I got two fluff pieces because we've got some, we had some heavy hitters in this episode, Mm -hmm. but I got two fluffies for you. Okay. Okay. These will go quick. Not by puffy.com. So how is puffy.com not already owned by puff daddy himself <laughs> but that's the thing that's like really blowing he, my he mind he has sean combs oh is that what that's it is okay it is. gotcha he's got p diddy though he's got that unlocked that's fair number five the last of us part two got a ps5 performance update hmm. almost out of nowhere naughty dog released an update that enables 60 frames per second 
for free. Thanks, Naughty Dog. This update pairs with the already released patch that gives PS5 players improved resolution and reduced loading times. Yeah, I didn't know that they already had some performance patches on PS5 for the game. Mm. But Digital Foundry reports that even during scenes with a ton of action on the screen, the game remains locked at a steady 60. Mm. Only one scene ever dropped below 60 frames, and even then it only dropped to 57 no, frames. fuck that, Neil. Yeah. I want my three frames back. God damn it, Neil Cuckman. You fucking <laughs> you ruined this game with your <laughs> three frames. Naughty Dog's communications director, Arnie Meyer, I, I met him actually, very nice guy. Oh, did you? Said, yeah, yeah, back in the day. Says, quote, the team has been digging into the PS5 hardware and the possibilities it unlocks since launch last year, and we're excited about what the future holds. This patch is just the first step of working on the PS5. We'll let you know when we've got more news to share, end quote. Wow. Yeah. You think, they, what does that mean? You think they're going to go back and like add performance patches for like Uncharted 4 and shit? Um, yeah, maybe across the board for some <laughs> other, uh, Naughty Dog games, or maybe they're, they're working on other stuff, uh, hmm. for The Last of Us. Maybe they're trying to, like, incorporate, like, haptic feedback stuff, like, other features that kind of, like, harness, like, the console and the SSD, but... Or I that mean, remake we heard. Or the remake, About right? The Last yeah. of Us remake, yeah, yeah. Mm. We don't need it. This is a thing where it's like, yeah, like, The Last of Us Part 2 came out at the tail end of the PS4 generation. It came out, like, last June, right? So, like... Obviously, it was going to get an upgrade, and it's great to see it happen, right? Because that game is, like, one of the most visually impressive games I've ever fucking played, right? Like, the cutscenes, the mo-capping, the textured environments, like, the lighting, all of it's just, it's phenomenal. Like, it's one of the best games I've ever played, um, and it's it's going to draw a lot of people back to it. It's going to buzz up a lot of hype. I think you were talking about, like, wanting to play it again and oh yeah, give it a second run-through. Um I, I feel inclined to go back and play it again, but it's like, man, how do you make a Miata already look like the Miata that's already looking great look better? You know, apparently like, it's super smooth, improves mm-hmm. aiming, aiming feels better in the game now Damn. with the 60 frames. That's what I've always liked 60 frames for, for yeah. like shooting games. feels great. It sucks because a lot of those like, like 60 frame mm-hmm. features are kind of lost on me with my hmm. old TV and my poor refresh rate. Mm. So, like, all these upgrades come, and I'm like, yeah, it still looks great, but, like, I still feel like my TV is, like, the hindrance of unlocking the fullest potential. Get that 4K, these, son, with that fucking PS5 HDR, games. son. Yeah, yeah. 4K HDR, man. Get in there. They cost, like, 50 bucks these days. It's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. They're giving them away. It fell off the back of the car over there. Go pick it up. It's yours. <laughs> Go get your TV. 4K. You got a free TV, Jim. <laughs> TVs are actually getting, like, way cheaper. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, crazy cheap. Because, like, everything. You know, remember when they were like, hey, there's going to be 8K TVs. And people are like, hey, we're not ready. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be $8,000. Now every home has an 8K yeah. TV. No, do, do it? No. No. no, no it I know PS5 has, like, 8K support. Yeah. But, like, no game has it enabled. No, not at all. And I don't think games are going to have it. I'm actually surprised that it has 8K support. Because, mm. like, it feels like the mid-generation version of the PS5 should get that. Mm. Like, not this. Well, it's one of those things where it's like, they want the ceiling to be as high as it can be, so when right. these games do come out, they can at least say, hey, we can support it. <laughs> you know, we can support AK yeah, support. Fucking back of my console gets super hot. Yeah. It's a quiet machine, but god damn, it can, it can melt in HDMI if you let it. <laughs> but yeah, I'm excited to go back to yeah. it, and I... I, I I actually really enjoy news like this because it's exciting to think a game that I enjoy is going to look or play better, like, you know, and go back to it. Like, I'm still waiting on the... It's weird to go from Last of Us Part 2 to this, but I'm still waiting on that Terminator uh, update, by the way, that they delayed. It got so sad. Mm -hmm. It was supposed to come out April 30th. Mm. Did not come out. I'm interested to see how the load times are for it, too. 
uh, for this game. Yeah. I know the initial load is still there, but there's no load in the game awesome. at all, which is interesting. And I'm trying to remember what what were the loading points. They were there, but I don't. I just don't remember. I feel like it all happened through cutscenes, really, and like transitional yeah. cards. Gotcha. <laughs> that was funny. Actually, I was watching Nick of Make Monsters on Twitch.tv. Uh, he was playing Resident Evil 8, mm-hmm. the Village, and I was surprised because every time, like, you know, he would die or, like, move in certain areas, there'd be a loading screen. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what is that? Because it doesn't exist on the PS5 yeah. edition. I was like, what, 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 what is this? And it's cool art, too. That was me yesterday streaming Resident Evil 7 on my PS4, where, like, some of the VHS load times are forever. And I'm like, oh, I haven't felt yeah. this pain in, in months, <laughs> you know? And it, I mean, it made me want a PS5 upgrade for uh, Resident Evil 7 as well. Uh, yeah, I would. Oh, man, that would be so cool. Mm. I, w- I hope that they do it. I hope. You got a number six on here. Wait, hold on a second. Yeah. How I'm surprised that you haven't cried justice for, for Bloodborne. What? Where's the PS5 upgrade for Bloodborne? Them, them <laughs> sons of bitch. I told you this in private. Yeah. I'm going to say it on the podcast. <laughs> I don't think they're going to do an upgrade. I think they're going to fucking try to remake it. Mm. And it's a game that's not even old. But you know what? Neither is The Last of Us. <laughs> and they're trying to fucking remake it. Yeah. Okay? And The Last of Us is older. By like two years, right? Yeah, yeah 2013. 2013. Yeah, I, I, I think that's why. Because otherwise we would have seen it already, right? Fucking Dark Souls 3 got a 60 frame upgrade. Mm-hmm. Fucking Sekiro got one. Hell, Dark Souls Two is in sixty frames, but that all—that was always the case. We—that's besides the point. But <laughs> what the fuck is going on with Bloodborne? I think they're saving it to make you pay again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Watch. I don't think it's going to be a remake. You don't think it's going to be a remake? No. You don't think they're going to put Blue Point on that shit? I mean, I would love to see Blue Point do another fucking port remaster remake right. situation because they do great work, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I could see them just being like, "Yeah, we're going to package a PS5 upgrade with the DLC and everything, and bingo, bango, like boom." You think it's going to be a simple collection? Yeah, I think people are really hyping up the idea of like that happening. Much I, like like Bloodborne Two, like oh my god, Bloodborne Two is gonna be a thing, and it's like I don't know, no, man. I don't know about that I don't one. Know. But I want, I want <laughs> Bloodborne sixty frames. However, we get it. Mm-hmm. I'll play it again. I've played until you, I die. It's you one of my hear me, games. Herman? We'll play that fucking game again. I don't fear the old blood. I embrace it. Okay, this town is finished. <laughs> okay, number six. Skyward Sword HD is getting an amiibo that lets you fast travel whenever you want. It was a slow news week. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't, but this actually was something that kind of pissed me off. Well, anyway, it gives you an amiibo that you can fast travel whenever you want. Keep in mind, the original game already lets you fast travel between the surface and the sky. But with the Zelda and Loftwing amiibo, you can fast travel whenever you want. The feature works whether you're outdoors or inside a dungeon. It's a convenient feature locked behind a $25 figurine. <laughs> Online sentiment has reigned from appreciation of the Amiibo's design. I mean, Skyward Sword Zelda is unquestionably the cutest Zelda, after oh, all. hands down. Hands down, yeah. That's that's just fact. Mm-hmm. Miyamoto actually said that. That's fact. <laughs> to frustration over Nintendo's deci- decision to keep a quality-of-life feature behind a resin paywall. Uh, and by the way, Skyward Sword is coming out uh, July 16th, as well as this Amiibo. Mm. I guess it's a bigger than usual Amiibo, so it's 25 instead of... I honestly have never bought Amiibo, so I don't know what they cost. Uh, $12.99, I think. Uh, maybe? Somewhere in the 15 to $20 range? I don't yeah, know. I, I we don't got know. a lot of Amiibo collecting friends out there. We do, we do. Yeah, friend of the show, Trevor, Coconut Arcade, he collects a lot of Amiibos. Impressive Amiibo collection. Yeah. I don't know their MSRP. I'm sorry. Yeah, I worked in at GameStop, too, like when mm. Amiibos were kind of like in the like middle of the, the swell hype, and I just, I can't remember. Yeah, so. I, I don't. 
I don't know. It seems like a lot of packaging for something so small. <laughs> well, the thing, too, is, like, a lot of people just keep them in the packaging. Like, it's just, like, oh. as collectors do. or well, Like know. a wall. Yeah, Should exactly. we build a wall? Should you we build, build a save room studio and have a wall of An amiibos amiibo instead wall? of, like, sound dampeners? <laughs> <laughs> it's just amiibos. Yeah. Whenever we start laughing about Todd Howard, they fucking reverberate and kick off the wall. Yeah. <laughs> no. um, yeah. This amiibo looks great. Yeah. Uh, I'm not a big amiibo fan at all, but, like, this is one where I'm like, I gotta have this. Now, this, let's do a quality of life thing, lock it to a $25, $25 figurine that only some people are going to get, is the most Nintendo fucking thing I've heard all Nintendo year. Nintendo-ass shit. And they do Nintendo-ass shit all the time, and it makes me so irritated. Holy shit. Like, come the fuck on, guys. One of these days, they're going to sell us a fucking cartridge that dissolves in 45 <laughs> hours. <laughs> fuck. Goddamn It's asses, a roguelite dude. that you got to beat in 45 hours. <laughs> yeah, permadeath is the permadeath to the cartridge. God damn it, Nintendo. Now, like, why are they like this? They can't keep getting away with this, dude. You're right. Like, the original game <laughs> didn't have fast travel. It had a feature where it's like, okay, you could go back to Skyloft yeah. and then you can fucking free fall to whatever zone you want yeah, to. So this right? sounds awesome. Yeah. I mean, fast but... travel should be a quality of life thing that almost every <laughs> fucking open world game has <laughs> that should saying. be behind a paywall. It doesn't make oh any God. sense. It's oh painful. God, it's painful. But, like, but it's funny. You caught yourself just saying, but I'm going to buy this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm a sucker. I'm a dumb consumer sucker bitch. Because, like, how the way that I look at um, Nintendo's tyranny over us, I like to think of it as a circle. And they are half of the circle, but us as consumers complete it and make sure that we are never getting out of Nintendo's mm. tyranny circle. Well, you know what I'm saying? Here's the thing. So, like, I said I wanted to buy it because I like the look of the figurine. Mm-hmm. The fact that they're doing this thing where it's like, oh, we're going to lock a, a game mechanic behind this figurine right. makes me not want to buy it. Makes me want to say, fuck you, Nintendo. I know. Like, I'll play the game like I played it in 2011. <laughs> With your Wiimote? Yeah. <laughs> you got the golden one, too, if I recall. It's still up there? You no, up, I think I, I think up. I retired it and put some new stuff up there, but okay. yeah. All right. I think they did actually, they're coming out with like new Joy-Cons for it too. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they like, look like, one of them's like, uh, like a sword, sword shape. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm all right. I'm all so right. Like, I mean, here's the thing. Like Nintendo does yeah. great like kind of like, you know, tchotchke like add-ons for their releases. <laughs> they like, make great toys for a toy They company. do. Like they for make sure. amazing toys and like <laughs> they, they're great at driving up hype for their own products, but like this is bullshit. It's kind, it's <laughs> kind of shitty. Come on, Bowser. <laughs> I mean, fucking, are you ever, are you surprised, Nintendo? No. Like, I, I know beloved experiences, they make interesting decisions, they've always marched to their own drum, da da But, when it comes to which of the big three that I view as being the sharkiest of sharks, I think it's Nintendo. Oh, hands Through down. and through. And we let Sony get, would be second. And we let them get away with it, because it's like, yeah. oh, we love Nintendo. Right. I, I would let fucking Doug Bowser run over me in a fucking monster truck. If I got Mario Kart 9, I wouldn't care, you know? <laughs> I think they'll make it anyway, man. Yeah. You don't need to let, like, Doug hurt you. <laughs> no, but that's how people think, you know? Release Mother 3! Step on my balls! <laughs> <laughs> what does one have to do with the other? I want both. <laughs> I want pain and the pleasure of a good product. Oh, so, man. It's it's funny because, like, Skyward Sword already had kind of a weird conversation around it. Like, oh, yeah. When it came out, and then after the fact, I mean, a lot of people gave it a 10. Like, I think it's a great Zelda game, but. Did it, it get a 10? Yeah, there are a lot of major publications gave it, like, a 10 or a okay. 9 out of a 10. Gotcha. 
But this is going to be one of those things where I could feel like every reviewer or every previewer is going to talk about this fucking amiibo in their write-up. And it's going to paint this negative fucking, like, new history of Skyward Sword all over again. Yeah. Yeah. We had a chance, man. We had a chance of really just writing a new history for Skyward Sword. Mm -hmm. They came in and said, you don't have to waggle anymore to fucking play our game, right? (laughs) The controls might still be a little goofy, but they're better, right? And then they come in with this shit, right? <laughs> like, they're like, whatever goodwill there might be for this game, we just want to throttle that bitch. Mm. Jesus Christ. Could you imagine if, like, Sony did something similar? Yeah, I think I could imagine yeah. them doing something exactly <laughs> like this. <laughs> I think only Microsoft would be like, uh, wait, what? No. No, we're just delivering it for free. Smart delivery. Mm. We'll give you... We'll fast travel you. Yeah. <laughs> like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're part of Game Pass now. Yeah, you are the Game Pass. <laughs> people will subscribe to you wait that doesn't that's fitting for like this this era of like subscriptions and being a platform person well here's nintendo trying to make me buy some fucking toys (laughs) i know some people are gonna be like i don't see a problem with it whatever i know shut the fuck up it's fine i just think it's stupid that's Mm. all there you go (laughs) there you go that's the that's the perspective yeah um well that's all we got for kind of news i don't know i had kind of a quick idea for a topic maybe like a quick like five to ten minute topic you want to talk five ten minutes um e3 it's around the corner which is so what is it it's digital now yes okay and we got we got greg miller hosting along with two other people fine um that i i can't remember their names um Mm. but yeah it's kind of interesting to see like it come back this year and kind of be like this huge digital presence and um you know with that you got a lot of people speculating like what's what are going to be like the big pillar talking points for like you know microsoft bethesda you know are microsoft and bethesda going to be doing their together thing are they going to do separate events like what's it going to be what's nintendo going to do right Mm -hmm. same hype different year the other two hosts by the way were jackie jing and mm. alex golden boy mendez thank you i don't know either of these people no but uh they are very beloved uh in the gaming community a lot of people were like really hyped to see like all three of these people be a oh. part of it i can agree with that but mm. i also have a slight suspicion that influencers are created overnight mm. and we're all just kind of brainwashed to believe that they've always been a popular thing that have tons of content and when you look they do they do they do but i swear to you they didn't exist yesterday yeah i, I i'm almost confident it's like um like vot right from the boys they got that compound v they're making influencers underground <laughs> oh, oh you're right yeah I knew it. <laughs> well, at least they're not using it to, like, you know, clone Billy Mitchells. Oh, shit. That <laughs> yeah. would be a nightmare. Could you imagine? Yeah. That would actually, although that would be, like, the weirdest E3, right? Mm-hmm. You get, like, someone like, um, who, who's the guy from Punisher? Remember when he showed up on the Ubisoft thing? Oh, uh, John Barenthal. John Barenthal's yeah. on the stage with his dog, and then suddenly <laughs> Billy Mitchell start, like, just fucking ziplining in yeah. and they crouching down, on like, him. fucking, like, uh, like, Bret Hart did in the old, like, WWE <laughs> days, like a fucking cape. <laughs> Right, but he's but he's doing like you know he's got a gun with his trigger discipline and he's just taking out Mitchell's left and right <laughs> and doing like his fucking crazy moves. I like this idea of an E3. This is fun. yo yo E3. What's up ESA? Uh, stop leaking data and start fucking blowing minds. Yeah. <laughs> okay? So I'm not like a big like prediction type guy. Okay. Um, but I, I kind of want to get like your beat and maybe have like a small conversation about like what, what do you think is going to happen at this E3 2021? What are what are some announcements, games, things happening? Okay, stage goes completely dark okay completely dark all you hear is kind of buzzing creatures out in a forest perhaps the lights dawn (laughs) 
<laughs> I am in a forest, a jungle of some sort. It's beautiful. It's it's graphics I've never seen before. You see a splash on the screen that says RE engine, reach for the moon, and you hear a Tyrannosaurus Rex roar. Oh shaking the audience they cry they're not real they're holograms it's still covid tricked you <laughs> dino crisis coming out 2022 <laughs> i would love it i would love to see it i fucking love to see it uh i don't fucking know man <laughs> i've got i'm too old for predictions yeah i got nothing to excite me anymore i got a remake of resident evil mm-hmm. sweet part four is coming at some point I've got nothing to be excited about anymore. They're making a Final Fantasy 16. I don't have to think for myself. <laughs> These game publishers just make the shit I want. Yeah, and I go, fair. whoa, awesome. And then I buy it. Mm. <laughs> like a dumb, dumb consumerist bitch. <laughs> um, but I'd like to get it, get like maybe some God of War <laughs> going on. But they won't be there. Yeah, so that's the thing where it's like, I think Sony is still going to do their own yeah. separate like video event their own like state of play much like they did last year where it's like here's kind of our sony focus here's like these new tentpole titles for like the the last half of the year because they're, they're still trying to do their own thing control their own marketing whatever right makes sense they have no reason to go back to e3 no they've already proved that like that model was like long gone for them and it was just a waste of money and time yeah. and you know i think i might be an outlier on this but like they're the last two major ones that they did for like the the ps5 reveal like the initial reveal and then like the one after for like the jeff Keeley's like summer game fest right where they did the deep dive and kind of reveal on a lot of games where it's like here's final fantasy 16 right here's hogwarts legacy here's this and like that worked for me i was really hype about that so like i'd be okay if they had their own kind of like event weeks later kind of away from like the noise of all these other companies to kind of just have their own spotlight to, Mm -hmm. to showcase stuff I think if they did do like any Capcom reveals, like Dino Crisis or like it won't Re- be Dino Crisis it, or like Resident Evil Four remake, I think we get it in the Sony <coughs> pen because like they've been doing that a lot over mm-hmm. the last few years. Like remember like RE two right, RE seven. Where did those reveals happen? They happened yeah, during Sony events. You're right. I think in recent yeah. years, I think Capcom has hitched on to Sony's uh, presence for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, Square Enix is a, is a free agent. They might show up on the Microsoft like showcase and, and be like, you know, Final Fantasy fucking 15 and whatever else is missing is coming to Game Pass right now, blah, 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 mm-hmm. shit like that, right? But as far as like anything that's been announced previously that we I think might get a resurgence, like maybe we'll see more Perfect Dark. Hmm. I would like to see that. I know Konami is not going to E3 as well, so shut the fuck up about <laughs> Silent Hill showing up anywhere there, yeah. by the way. Uh, I, I really don't think we're close to that announcement Mm -hmm. still i i I want to forget about it so it actually is a surprise because i'm I'm tired of talking like our survival horror just going like will this be the one boys (laughs) and it's like it hasn't the last 28 (laughs) why would it be this one Mm -hmm. um but yeah as as far as other games i mean i i don't know i don't think we're gonna get anything like a new rock star game or whatnot i i honestly think you we have to prepare for a year where it's just not going to be super exciting because COVID had such an impact on mm-hmm. development that I think publishers don't want to announce games too early and get people like excited about something that might actually come out in like 2024. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So mm. we've already kind of seen the repercussions of like announcing stuff too early or showing a thing and it not hitting the way developers hoped it would. Yeah. You know? But I mean, is there anything you're like, you just want to see like a pulse check on? Um, so the, the one thing I was really looking forward to was, uh, Team Cherry's Hollow Knight Silk Song, but they said that they're actually not going to be at E3 with it, bummer. which is kind of a bummer, That's but a like, bummer. you know, Team Cherry is a smaller team. 
Um, and I imagine they're working really, really hard to like put out a sequel to Hollow Knight that they want to put out, right? So, right. Like, you know, take your time with that. I want to see some Nintendo exciting stuff, to be honest, because like I feel like there's kind of like a dark spot on the year where like we don't really know what's coming. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's been almost two years since we heard anything about Breath of the Wild 2. Like, I'd be excited to see some more of that, you know, even if it's like a, you know, two minute like kind of gameplay reveal and we don't get it for another year or two kind of want to see it but again like i feel like that is also going to be one of those games where they're not going to show anything until they're absolutely sure like it's done and they kind of have a date locked in for it yeah yeah that's Um, nintendo style yeah i mean i would want to see kind of some new new indie stuff here and there i don't know i'm I'm simple when it comes to these events right just show me stuff and if i like it i like it right yeah you know i like what i like but if it isn't for me then it's probably for somebody else yeah Yeah, i don't know just kind of thinking across i mean i for Sony specifically, I want to see like, I want to see Horizon Forbidden West or God of War two, or at least tell us like they're not coming this year and give us a frame, <laughs> a reference for like when they think it might happen, right? Because mm-hmm. they said both those games are going to be twenty twenty one, and yeah, I think they did. We, I think we get one or the other. We don't get both. They did say it. I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, I'm su- I'm shocked that they haven't like you know mm-hmm. gone on the record and be like, uh, maybe Horizon's not coming this year. Mm-hmm. I, I fe- it doesn't feel like a year that Horizon's coming out, but. Could be totally wrong. Yeah. This could be the the showcase blowout where, you know, state again the E3 conversation is getting wrapped up into this because like this is state of play. They're gonna do their own thing. They may not even do it the same month, right? Mm. So we'll see. But yeah, I want a date for that at least. Yes. God of War. I want them to admit it's 2022. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I would love to see some stuff from that, right? Yeah. If like, there, if there's stuff mm-hmm. to show, sure. Yeah. Um, I want that Crimson Desert game. That was came oh, yeah. like showed up in E3 or whatever uh, Jeff Keighley summer game jam, mm-hmm. which we have another Jeff Keighley powwow fucking extravaganza thing. I'm not mm-hmm. sure what is going to happen. <laughs> How many months of summer is that? Yeah, <laughs> that we have to like wait around for. He's making more summer. He's making more summer than we have days oh, for. Oh my god, summer starts early. It's too early. It's so hot, so early, Daniel. Mm-hmm. I hate it. I don't like the heat, and I don't like the cold. I don't like living. Yeah, but you do like your new Serta mattress. Oh, dude, that thing's so soft. Wow. (laughs) Puffy couldn't have gotten me that. (laughs) But yeah, so I'm I'm Mm open-minded. There's a few franchises I would like to see a Pulse check on, but Mm -hmm. uh, I'm okay if I don't get it. Yeah, I'm interested to see, like, what Square has in the pipeline. Like, show me more Final Fantasy 16 if there's anything ready. Maybe tell us, like, when when there's a release date for, like, Project Triangle Strategy, that new, like, tactic-style game. Sure, sure. Anything, right? Let us know your live square. Yeah. Maybe a uh, Tomb Raider reboot. Yeah, because they were talking about that. Twice the reboot. Um, I would love to see some more like, you know, Atlas stuff, you know, mm-hmm. in the vein of like Persona. You yeah. Know? But yeah. When, I mean, there was a whole separate like uh, RGG presser thing for like uh, Judgment Lost 2. Lost Judgment. Yeah, Lost Judgment. I would love to see more of that, you know. Yeah. Uh, if they do. Mm-hmm. If they do. Because that, that game's coming out in September. It's like, mm-hmm. wow. Probably. Yeah, it's pretty soon. Yeah, I wonder if they would save it for TGS, though. Oh, that's, that's a good point. September. That's a good point. Yeah. Is TGS still happening? I don't know what happened last year. Mm. I think they did something digital. Totally not sure, dude. Mm. Yeah. I just assume these events just stopped. Yeah, exactly. The world came to a pause. And Animal Crossing took over <laughs> for like a month. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's going to be some good givens, right? Like, we know, like, fucking Devolver is going to go out there, showcase some games here and there. Yeah, that's always do. a fun yeah. showcase. Yeah. They're always fun. Yeah. I am interested to see, like, kind of like I was saying before, like, what 
these events now look like for Microsoft and Bethesda together and separately, right? Mm-hmm. Like, does Bethesda do like, hey, we're going to open the show and then like Microsoft's going to hold their event and they're going to be like, but here are these bigger things that are happening, right? Right. Like, I don't know. I kind of want to see what that's all about. I'm excited for B3 just to see Todd again, mm-hmm. you know, do his smolder at the camera wearing whatever fucking leather he's got <laughs> on his body. God damn it. That's a, that's a man. I want to see his tunnel snake. What? Just drop it on the ground. Drop your <laughs> Just drop that tunnel snake, Todd. <laughs> With what game announcement? I'm not... <laughs> it doesn't matter. Drop it from a fucking space satellite. Let's see how long that thing hangs. He, he, he drops his fucking... His gigantic schlong, yeah. Daniel. Yeah. And then suddenly you hear... Dun, 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 yeah, and he starts whipping. Indiana Jones comes <laughs> swinging from Todd's long schlong. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, that's 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 what I want from B3. Hell yeah, dude. Gaming's B3. back, BB. <laughs> Yo, that's all I care about. And then Andrew WK does a song for Rage 3. Oh, man. <laughs> Andrew WK, I'm going to say something right now. Oh. I've never been jealous of you in my whole life, but I am jealous that you are now engaged to Kat Dennings. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah he screamed, she is beautiful, the loudest to her. That's one of his songs. That's, yeah. wow. She is beautiful. She, yeah. Wow, party all the time, huh? Party all the time. Wait, that's an Eddie Murphy song. That's true. <laughs> I have a I have a small E3 hope, and I don't know if this is gonna happen. Yeah. I want to see Tetris Effect Connected come to uh, come to PS5. Yeah, yeah, PS4, PS5. yeah, 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 yeah. Here it's a good game. Mm-hmm. If you have Xbox, get get in the Game Pass. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I am super kind of intrigued by Xbox these days, and I think I'm gonna get a Series S this sooner year? than later. No, I don't know about this. Come year. on, Halo's coming out this year, dude. I don't care. Join my fucking Spartan team, my fire team Spartans. <laughs> Mm. we're gonna get it out there man we gotta finish the fight dude the master chief we're all come uh, on man i gotta go get in the back of the warthog <laughs> get in the warthog get, get in the, the gatling dude <laughs> get in the warthog we're going to talk about idiot <laughs> get in the ghost shoot the yeah. ghost do it plasmas one yeah. last thing i want to see what's going to happen with um ubisoft at this uh this e3 because they they made an announcement recently that they're shifting away from their standard model mm-hmm. for assassin's creed games and actually a lot of their games where they're like they're not trying to do these like biannual like a hundred hour experiences anymore they're leaning more into the idea of like doing like free-to-play stuff well i know that the quotes around that got kind of confused they're not stopping making that type of game at mm-hmm. all they are just going to release more free-to-play games Oh, is that what it is? Yeah, like, okay. they'll still make those games, but maybe not on the same release schedule, but, mm. yeah, they're gonna still devote themselves. Okay. Those games are gotten overbloated. Yeah. I, I, I feel like people have felt like that for a long time, but, god damn, that last Assassin's Creed just, like, totally knocked me off of, like, loving Assassin's Creed. never finished Creed. it. Valhalla? I have no inclination to. None. And I love... I platinumed... Odyssey. What was it called? Odyssey. Yeah. <laughs> I platinumed that fucking game. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I didn't pick up the newest Watch Dogs. Nothing about it interested me, mm. although I was I really loved Part 2. But, yeah, I don't know. They're kind of boring me lately. Interesting. Boring me, man. Yeah, they got to do something new, something fresh. They're doing a Star Wars, apparently. They are, yeah. With massive. massive. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think we're going to get anything from that. Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> kind of kind of think of it, actually, now. Um, thinking about, like, Microsoft, uh, again, always. Uh, I, I want to see more Fable stuff. Give us more Fable Fable? Stuff. Yeah. Isn't there a new Fable? Yeah, they teased it. Well, fucking mm-hmm. great. <laughs> I remember Fable 2 being the shit. Mm-hmm. God damn, that was a great game. Someone we know hates that game, though. I forget who. Is it Nick? It might be Nick. Maybe. Yeah. Sorry if we misquoted you, Nick. Sorry, Nick. I don't, it's somebody who hates it. I know it. 3 sucks. Hmm. Here's, my, here's my pie in the, the sky, Hope. Uh, since we just got Mass Effect Legendary Edition kind of up-res remaster thing. EA. Baby. 
Give us dead space. Oh, they're not going to do that. Give us dead space. Hell no. One, two, they're three. Not gonna they're not going to do that. Come on. They have no, they have no reason to do it. Mm-hmm. They don't want to do it. No, they don't. They think it's funny to withhold dead space from us. They think it's fucking funny. They laugh about it. When they need a good laugh, they go, dead space remastered. And then they fucking do some, some hard drugs. <laughs> I, I want to be an executive because this is my imagining of an yeah? executive. Okay. Where it's just I withhold things from my client base. For pleasure. <laughs> and they do hard drugs. <laughs> I like the idea that like Phil's out there, like, yeah. you know, withholding Elden Ring just so he can keep doing cocaine with Miyazaki. Exactly. Yeah, that's what exactly. it is. Exactly. He's laughing about it. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> cool. Well, all right, sir. I think that's the end of another successful episode of The Save Room, which you can find on most podcasting services everywhere mm-hmm. that's a sentence that is true the one place we didn't plug that you can find us is over at twitter at save room show mm. give us some love give us your e3 predictions do you think todd is gonna show dong i hope yeah i think this is the year man <laughs> this is the year where it happens dong howard it's <laughs> <is> gonna show up <laughs> todd dong word mm. well yep that's it for me okay good night everybody <laughs>